It's March 2011. This is it's. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Classic. You got it. You, you know, you know what you're doing here. Uh, wait, is it gonna go? I'm Chris Reamer. I'm Sean Bianca. Yeah, you're the new Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm, I'm Nick Brecken. Okay. I'm Nick Brecken. God, that was so funny to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm Nick Brecken. It's funny coming in. And I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm. Uh, <laughs> was that you? That was Chris. And I'm Nick Brecken. <laughs> It's This is the Idle Thumbs Conf Grenade for GDC 2011, 25th Anniversary Edition. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're here to talk about shit, I guess. Video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk video, about video, video games, games, specifically. And developers conferring to talk about their video games. So, tell us about the greatest game you guys saw today. Oh, Button. I thought that was a second Nidhog. game. Oh, yeah, I, I mean Nidhog. They're both pretty good. But I would say Nidhogg is the coolest thing I saw today. Yeah, Nidhogg is one of those games that's been the talk of a certain subset of, of the game, yeah. sort of press and enthusiast indie dudes for a long time. And I keep sort of, you see the tweet of like, oh, I played Nidhogg at some art installation. Like, right. what, Nidhogg? Well, it's, by, it's also, it's by Mark Essen, who's, I don't know how many games he's done, but one of his previous games, which is an even more obscure thing, is Fly Wrench. Did you guys play Fly Wrench at all? No. That was an insane game where you play this crazy like twirling spaceship on a on a 2D plane that just has to navigate through a crazy maze thing and it's it's the twitch a spaceship that has to navigate through a crazy maze yeah but it's it's which is a you know sounds pretty mundane but it's there's the movement of your ship is That's, this crazy jerky back and forth thing it's this is that because it's a fly wrench yeah it's a weird weird thing but you should play it fly wrench it's one of those games where almost like quap in a way, it's almost like the space version mm-hmm. of Quop. I was like, so this is your favorite game? Oh, Space Quop. Yeah. Space Quop. But it's it's definitely more playable than Quop, but it's still fucking hard as shit. But it's one of those games where once you get it, you know, once you sort of realize how this ship flies around, you you just keep wanting to do it until you get it right. It's really, really, it's a bizarre, cool, interesting game. Um, Nidhogg is way more accessible than Fly Wrench. Yeah, Nidhogg is nothing like that. Nidhogg no. is just... no. It's a competitive fencing game, which then once you throw your sword away, it turns into a competitive fisticuffs game. Right. But that's not really what it's about either. The other guy still might have a sword. Yeah. Basically, it's a game where each of you has to reach the far right or the far left of the screen, depending on on which side of the screen you start on. And uh, if you kill the other guy on a given screen, it allows you to run one full screen in your direction, and then the other guy will respawn. And then you can either kill him again and keep running, or he'll kill you, and then he'll run in his right. direction. I mean, that's that's the simple version, but I mean, the, the mechanics for how the sword fighting works and how jumping yeah, yeah. and ducking and sword throwing works means that you can also end up accidentally sort of hoodwinking the person where they'll throw yeah. the sword at you, and then you do a running slide, duck under the sword, duck under them, and then just run out of the room. So they they end up yeah. chasing you because your running speeds are exactly the same. Right. Like, so, if, you, if you kill a guy, you can run as many screens as you can make before he kills you again. You don't have to keep killing him. Right, now. so like if the other guy throws away his sword yeah. and then misses you with it, you basically just yeah. jump over You've a slide under this person yeah. and then they have to chase after you in a horrible, yeah. humiliated fashion. If somebody makes a big mistake like that, like... The no, table's turned the table. No, because the, yeah, the guy, yeah. every single screen, the guy will respawn. Oh, does he respawn fully equipped? He, he respawns equipped and facing you. Oh, cool. cool. So yeah, but if you, I think if you make it out alive and chase the other guy off the screen, I don't think that you always come back with your sword. Or is that, or just the person no, who runs? You if you run off the screen without a sword and you, you're the dominant player at that point, then you, you don't, don't get, have your sword. No. But you when you respawn, hope, you always get. yeah. So you have to hope that that other guy throws his sword at you and fails, right? So that you can then pick up his sword and kill him with it. But anyway, yeah, the the it's yeah. it's a really it's really uh, a, I got a very stripped down simple control scheme. Only two buttons other than other than the D pad. Yeah, they actually at the IGF and, they uh, had it wired up to two NES controllers. Yeah, so yeah I was going to ask what there was. It's a D pad and B, but I mean, I mean, it's coming out on PC, so you'll be able to play whatever controller. Yeah, you they've, want they've there, demoed it before at various things with with two two different people on the same keyboard or with two wired Xbox controllers. Yeah, um, it's and it's, it's really cool. Jake and I got into a really extended, probably the longest game I saw anyone play there today. Yeah. Uh, where it was, that doesn't mean that we're both good. It means no, no, it just means equally it means, yeah. I think we were, yeah. we were both getting better at roughly the same yeah. pace. And then though. you got slightly better. <laughs> I won, bitch. Uh, but it was good. It's a really it's one of those cool games where you can feel because the the entire point of the game is literally get to a far side of the map 
it, you can quite easily feel the flow and the back and forth and kind of when someone's right, really each pushing of the, ahead. Each of the screens, like, it starts off in a center screen with the two guys in a swinging chandelier, and then uh, each each subsequent screen out is uniquely themed. There's sort of one, two, three, four, five screens to the left, and then yeah. an identical one, two, three, four, five screens out to the right. Mm-hmm. So you know, oh, I'm on the I'm on the screen with the crazy clouds in the background and the three pits. Right. And then if you fight backwards six screens the opposite direction, you end up at the mirrored version of that, and like, okay, you know, now the tables have completely turned. Yeah. So we're at this you're point aware of how far you are away from you. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to remember which screen is which. For there sure. aren't that many. I That's mean, it's smart. and it's cool. It's 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 uh, it's much more elegant in my opinion than having just like a health bar or something. Of course. Like it's it's a total it's it's like a really stripped down but very deep and elegant fighting game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's a really incredible piece of game design. I mean, there's so few inputs, but you can do so much with them and there's so much variance. It feels like a weird mix between like Super Mario Brothers and Super Smash Brothers to me. Yeah, and almost. like Prince of Persia. Well, the, um, yeah, the thing that we were talking about and I'm sure has been said a thousand million times that's kind of interesting about it is that it it can also kind of be played as if you are a single player you're playing a single-player game where your goal right. is to get from right to left. Yeah. And then when you kill an enemy, you go to the next screen, and there's another enemy waiting for you, except that every single time, it's the guy it's who you're fighting guy, against. So right. you, you're sort of... But it feels like a respawning NPC enemy. Yeah, you're, you're sort of... Yeah, your personal mission, if you're the dominant player at that particular point, is just to sort of quest to the left or quest to the right, depending on which person you are. Yeah. And then if you're losing the fight, you're entirely on the defense. It's, it's weird. It's, so it it's seems really like cool. a game that it's ideal play scenarios like with your buddy in the same room yeah oh yeah you can't i I think it'd be really tough to do online i think that this game started off as like an installation type game where just it only would show up at venues Mm -hmm. um and uh, And they're trying to bring it to other it's coming it's coming to pc mac now yeah um and we're in fact missing the official like yeah gc tournament where they i guess (laughs) i don't know if they did a ladder or what but at the igf they had uh or an orange Spandex bodysuit and yeah. pa- and painted shoes and a yellow spandex bodysuit and painted suit and painted shoes sitting up next to the game, which presumably were for the final round of a tournament when the people playing would have had to dress up as the yeah. Nidhogg characters. So we're missing that tonight, which is too bad. But yeah. instead, we're bringing you this podcast and the Giant Bomb podcast, which I guess we can mention. <laughs> oh yeah, we were also on the Giant Bomb GDC podcast day one today, wherein uh, they had a green screened Chris miniaturized sitting on the table with a singing space asshole so watch that video on the internet the fucking video setup those guys have is out of control yeah yeah those Um, guys have the the den that anybody wishes they had yeah yeah. as an office anybody's workplace yeah holy jealous underground (laughs) crazy multi-camera live tv setup spending their whole office they have yeah an underground secret bar a dungeon a a, a weird kill room in the back (laughs) Two green the screens. Heavy iron door. Did you see that door? It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fucking heavy. Well, somebody said, like, oh, you're going to drag me to the dungeon. I was like, there's no, oh, my God, there's a goddamn oh, dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a huge vault yeah. door in the back, and then that room is just, like, this cement room with a hose or something. It's just hard to imagine because, I mean, it's one of those buildings that was clearly, like, right after the earthquake went back up or was pre-earthquake. And it survived get... the 06 earthquake okay. intact, apparently. Oh, I So there you that. go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and you go down below the water line to their basement, and you can see the sort of hundred-year-old brick and iron supports that keep this decrepit building it's not, it's very it's, nice looking yeah, it's no, beautiful it's really i mean nice. but it then take that as a struct as a base and then get a contractor to make a really elegant like classy bar in it and then you and, have the giant bomb office and then put a bunch of dudes <laughs> and then into everyone who doesn't work there is sad <laughs> Yeah, uh, so yeah, that was that was what happened. But they're good hosts. No, no, they're, they're not really like cool. this is our clubhouse. You no, can't no, no, come no. in. No, no they fed like... us the delicious pretzels with peanut butter inside of them. They did do that. A delicious treat. That <laughs> they got a kegerator. Kick. They got. They're doing all right. Um. Anyway, we should just promote the giant bomb cast. <laughs> yeah, really. They, <laughs> they have that Cuba Gooding Jr. Pearl Harbor by. poster. They do have that giant Cuba Gooding Jr. What else do they have? Let's talk about it. I saw. How about that GDC? I didn't see much GDC. I'm yeah. working on a video game. Well, you were recruiting dudes, though. Did recruit some dudes. A um, couple guys. There was a lady I talked to. She was nice. But it's hard to recruit at GDC. I mean, for any readers who are ever thinking about going to GDC, um, if I was just showing up, I would be really down to go to the classes. But GDC is a hard place to pound the pavement and find a job, definitely. But um, same time, met some cool guys. I mean, you know. You stopped by. You talked to me. You didn't really do much recruiting. No, I didn't. No. You guys see all I, the cool stuff. I mean, I walked by and said, "I'm on vacation." Yeah, you're doing you're vacationing quite well. Yeah. You saw Mr. Hawking today. Yeah, Clint Hawking gave a pretty sweet talk today. 
It was it was his it was his talk by Clint Hogg. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was what I wanted to see at GDC, and then I saw it. I was happy. <laughs> it's good. Yep. He's, he's got a bigger room this year. Yeah, he's moving on up. Clint I Hogg, think that's Far Cry Two fan. That's the thumb bump. That's a thumb bump. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's that true. has to be the thumb bump. Yeah. Everybody knows Clint now that we've. We've preached Far Cry 2 for so, oh, so long. Yeah. What's so funny is, oh, Chris, you were here like, what, like, not even 48 hours. And I come out of my room, like, make some breakfast. And you guys, oh, let's put on a video game. Let's play a video game in the office. I peek my head into the office. Are you guys fucking playing Far Cry 2? <laughs> yeah. Jake just loaded up Far Cry 2. Jesus. It was good, though. We played it for several hours. Yeah, it was, it was good. Fun. Yeah. It's a good game. I don't know if you guys have heard of that It's game. a good game to watch Jake play because it's neurotic crazy person <laughs> nothing you do is smooth ever you're oh, never just, like oh i'm just gonna fucking go into this this base shoot some guys get the lady get out of here open no. world, open world open objective games just plague oh. my neuroses like nothing else. Like, can i go left oh, i guess i can but oh god oh, okay <laughs> snipe looking through the scope of this guy oh, i think he saw me i can't fucking tell where this guy is oh it's i it's probably wasn't so helping bad. by constantly being like oh there's diamonds here get out of the car I know it's blinking, oh. but there's a. <clears throat> it's really fun those to games, sit I, on those stools behind behind you while you Jake, while you. I've Jake spent several minutes just walking around, walking over the plants that, like, as you walk over <laughs> them, the, the the sort of leaves of the plants kind of crunch down, and it's really a really nice effect. And Jake was like, "Man, I just love these plants. I can just I can just walk all over these plants for fifty years. <laughs> this like, is <laughs> this is great." Yeah, when I was a kid, we had a dog who, whenever we had a Christmas tree there, would always get underneath it because it would be like a back scratching thing, and it would just sit there for like twenty minutes in slow yeah. motion, just walking around, and that was me in Far Cry. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad you have a story about that. <laughs> Explains your deep seated need to walk over plants. In yeah, Far I was Cry. watching my my dog walk under that tree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've talked. I think we're talking about Far Cry. <laughs> I, I've talked about my complete paralysis when playing an open objective yeah. game on the cast a few times. And yeah. It just. Oh, that's like when we were talking about Deus Ex 3 today. I was, that was the same thing. Like at the beginning, when I first played the first Deus Ex, everyone else in the world talks about how the game makes you feel like the most empowered badass who can do all these things. And I'm just like, oh, choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair. <laughs> and then I uninstalled the game. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's accepted that the first level of Deus Ex really throws you into it. But once you get past that, it's... Oh, the first level of Deus Ex is like they always tell you when you're an undergrad that if you, you don't want to enroll in the wrong Psych 1 class because you're going <laughs> into the one for the one that they try to weed out all yeah. the people who want to get the major but aren't fit for it, that's the first level of Deus Ex, apparently. It's yeah. Like, you're not cut out for this. Well, it's funny. <laughs> you're was... right, I'm not. <laughs> Mario. I know in the past I've talked about Umberto Echo and his novels before, but he... I was reading a, a one of the... Does he do that? Yeah, he does. Um, it's really interesting, actually, because... <laughs> The it's opening the, of his second chapter is like, okay, for all you fuckers who are still yeah, here, no, it's true. put the book down. <laughs> it's, you know, it's his, his books shit. are amazing. Like, he's an incredible author, and I would recommend him to any, like the name of the rose would be a great starting point for anyone. But like, I was reading this long um, uh, appendix he was doing. He did in one of the editions of one of his books. I don't even remember which one. And he was saying literally, like, he's as far as he's concerned, he intentionally will spend, you know, like the first hundred pages with just the densest, like straight into the deep end shit imaginable. And he's like, yeah, and if you can get through that, you're good. And like, you're gonna have a great time. But like, <laughs> if, you, if you can't, maybe you shouldn't be reading this book. And like, yeah, it's kind of a dickish thing. But like, also, I kind of respect that he has the balls to do that. And not, like, I don't know. I think it's cool. I'm not, I don't know if I'd necessarily recommend everyone make their video games like that. But I mean, you know, they're... they're <laughs> not, not, not necessarily. No, but, but if, I mean, let's not keep talking about Far Cry 2, but that game does do But that. let's talk about Stalker Call of Pripyat. That, does, <laughs> that, game, that game does that. that game. So, so Far Cry 2 does that thematically, but but Stalker Call of Pripyat does that for real in actual gameplay yeah. terms. Oh, by the way, the reason we were talking about Far Cry 2 is because Clint Hawking had a panel at the Game Developers Conference in the year 2011, and we saw it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We could talk about that. Oh yeah, that's the true. panel. Yeah, yeah. That's why I brought it up. Oh, I know, but we decided that we would talk about our experience playing Far Cry Two. <laughs> when Far Cry, Far Cry Two, was, was it two thousand eight? We should do, we should we should do a three year anniversary show. Far Cry. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about his actual uh, panel. A, a weird exception to the rule where the entire episode has us talking about Far Cry Two. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice if we had set the time aside to only talk about after Far a few Cry. after a few allusions to Far Cry Two over the years. We decided we were going to decide to sit down and really just cover this game. That is now. We're doing that now. This is probably more than we've talked about this game since, like, well, since we were doing regular episodes. (laughs) 
All right. Well, how about that talk, Hawking talk? Now I've completely forgot about the Hawking dynamics. Hawking. It was on dynamics. Oh, that's true. It was on fluid dynamics, <laughs> thermodynamics, and thermodynamics. It's, yeah, it was sort of the, you know, intersection point of thermal and fluid dynamics. In, uh, keep going. Yeah, you know, you're in your in your game. This is good radio. Game narrative. <laughs> in your game. In your game. <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, I mean, right. I, what are you going to say? I've never seen Clint in real life. I've oh, seen his MIT talk, and you know, like, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, He's a good well, man. I've seen him in real life. We've yeah. had a drink, but like, I've never been to any talk. So, like, <laughs> what was it about? It was about dynamics. He picked up basically, I mean, he's talked about similar things before, but I guess he, he picked up mainly where Chris Hecker actually kind of left off with a talk he gave about sort of, people spend a lot of time talking about what do games mean, you know, what is the meaning of this game, what is the meaning of that game. Um, what is game. What is game. But Hecker and, and today Clint sort of, I guess at this point, feel that it's more interesting to, or at least more necessary to actually talk about about how do games mean? Yeah, like, not you, only like what does an individual game mean, but like by what method do games mean things in the first place? Right? Yeah, like, so you, we you, understand. You can't talk about what this game means if no one has actually bothered to even attempt to quantify how games can create and convey meaning exactly, in the first right. place. Like, yeah. and, and the classic example so, he gave is the is in film, for example, editing is largely like for the most part conveyed through editing, right? So, like juxtaposition of two scenes, which may have absolutely no. Uh, relevance individually yeah, the uh, can create, and cre- yeah, exactly, yeah. can create it, can create meaning through editing, um, and uh, but it's not entirely clear if we've actually determined what that building block is for games, right? I mean, like gameplay, sure, like in a vague sense, right? right? right but that's right. like saying moving pictures are what make like films images, mean something, for, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. which is meaningless. Um, and uh, he 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 talked about the the mechanics, dynamics, aesthetic framework, which. Um, I don't know if you if you guys are familiar with that. You but can that's, go over for our readers at home. That's, that's, <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean, of course, uh, Jake and I are well versed in mechanics, dynamics, well, aesthetics. I, like this what is what else did you say? All of aesthetics. This, the reason, <laughs> like, I have a soft spot for it. This is really dorky, but it's because I think that paper was presented in 2004, which was my first GDC. So I saw like one of the first talks on. That on the like the MDA theory. Of, I just imagine like, you with like a tiny backpack, and being like a whole guy. <laughs> well, that was actually when, <laughs> with a was, Mario on it. That was when Idle Thumbs started. That was uh, 2004. I was covering yeah. it for Idle Thumbs, the web video game website. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> and it's basically the notion is that you have mechanics, which are what you actually do in the game, right. and then out of the the sort of sensation that's created out of those mechanics, out of that comes dynamics, and then out of that comes aesthetics. So, like one example he gave today was in Spelunky. You've got your whip, but when you whip a bat, it's not just like an instantaneous. It's like, not the Castlevania whip. And then exactly like there's there's a wind up. He you know throws it out there, hits the bat. Like there's this pause delay. Like you can't just like run in there and instantaneously do it because yeah. that delay is gonna gonna mean you get your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And so that's the mechanic that that delay and that, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, out of that comes uh, this dynamic of like oh it creates this sense of timing with this thing. You've got to be You've, you've got to stop and think and like, what am I doing here? I'm setting up this attack. I'm pausing. I'm going to jump a little early. I'm going to hit the guy, et cetera. Those, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff comes out of it. That's this like, and then the aesthetic that comes out of that is that that essentially means this is a game about planning, about precision, mm-hmm. about, um, I, I don't remember all the adjectives. The calculation and like, timing. Exactly. All these things like that, that it, 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 starting from this like very simple tuning mechanic you work, you work all your way up to like, what does this game actually make you feel like it's about? Like, what you know, what is the actual sense you get from doing this? Because you could make a game with almost an identical mechanic that isn't about that, right? That's just about total right. frantic, like with an instantaneous whip that you can just keep mashing on and it goes all the time. And that is not about that. It's probably about being frantic and about uh, being like as opportunistic as possible all the time, right? And and the, like this sense of just constantly pushing forward into stuff. Whereas that's not what Splunky actually is because the this little tweak in the mechanics changes the sort of ripple outward effect um but still all that being said like it's not entirely clear like what what that means spelunky actually means right like mm-hmm. that's how spelunky feels and like that's the aesthetic of the game but like what is what is that what is what does it actually mean like what's it saying um and it is i mean it's i don't know as as with a lot of these kinds of talks at gdc 
there weren't really a lot of like concrete answers given. Yeah, it, it um, just sort of gets people's collective brains moving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. One other thing that I thought was uh, kind of interesting that was uh, that he brought up a few times, not necessarily as a strict point, but was just the reminder to game designers that the uh, human beings are playing your games, uh, which I always think is kind of interesting, and it gets kind of left out of a lot of a lot of sort of academic and formalized game discussion of the the and I mean I guess it is probably part of the mechanic dynamic aesthetic loop to a certain degree but that there is your game system and then it ends up through your hands on the controller getting processed through sort of the second machine in the equation which is a very specific human being yeah and then that ends up getting fed back into the game system and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know it's that's interesting. That's interesting because I feel like maybe that's a byproduct of just sort of like media critical studies in general. Because it feels like people go through these critical studies programs um, and think about games academically with sort of the same tools that they use to think critically about like film and art and music, which are well, which don't have that second machine. You just have, you know what I mean? I mean, the, the notion, like, like yeah. Schindler's List isn't a good movie because people watched it the right way. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah, like it doesn't mean anything different. Different well, people, different not, people get different things out of it, right? Like your the experience, you, it's your experiences that you bring with you when you watch Schindler's List are inextricable, like from your experience yeah. like, of watching it, right? Like absolutely, but that's not part of the made it through. That's not part of the critical but studies the, instrument. The things that you bring into Schindler's List don't end up getting fed back into Schindler's that's List. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's what I'm saying. No, which that, is, that's true. That's like, true. And that, that's, which is why, yeah. like, which is why, kind of like how it affects the audience feels like always kind of left out of the critical studies instrument or well, so, like you know what it's like mm -hmm. well you can't i mean i remember like it was always a sort of like being told in school to divorce intent from the text because all you have is the text and if you try to decipher right. intent then you're being this sort of extra yeah you're being this sort of weird like judicator here yeah you know um whereas that's actually like completely that's not the case with games I mean, that's kind well, of what I mean, he's talking about. I would actually say intent is even less important in games than than even in other forms, right? Like, no, but it's important for the the other half of the machine. Like, what is your intent with the game that you're playing? You know what I mean? Like, what are the people oh, trying to accomplish? Oh, you mean from accomplish? the player's standpoint? Yeah, yeah which right. Because part well, yeah. of the critical studies you, instrument, yeah, which I don't no, no, think that's is true. You look at Far Cry Two, and he was talking about how you know a lot of people. I think most people played that game in a completely chaotic, insane way because that's basically what the mechanics right, of that you, game encourage. You're just sort of you're. Trying to throw things into this whirling machine and hope that the outcome that you're expecting is there, but you're, right, exactly. you're interfering you're with just the laws of nature, yeah, basically. This yeah. Big weird like reaction loop in that game that leads to insane, hilarious, crazy situations. Um, but then there's also you know the guys like Ben Abraham and and uh, our buddy Nels who who played that game, who tr who played that game with the permadeath kind of self-imposed rule where if they died in the game, they died for real. And well, if they die in the game, they're safe. It was a race to start it over. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nels did that? Yeah. Yeah. He was one. There was a bunch of guys. <laughs> a bunch of guys just thought that it would be a weird yeah. uh, sort of academic exercise to, I can to play that game that. as a simulator. But yeah. like that, it, but that, that introduces a whole different level of intent like into Nels. that game, right? Like, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, for like sure. That, that, I would behave completely. Mm, yeah. Well, the thing that I thought was funny that that's really said is that those guys were just like, oh man, the game was kind of boring. Yeah, exactly. But like when you, when you think about it though, that's really, I mean, I would imagine. Being in that situation wouldn't be necessarily boring, but it certainly wouldn't be exciting. Right? You'd end like up with the were... boredom of real life, though. Exactly. Just like, I'm but waiting like... for. I'm waiting for the actual guaranteed clean exactly. shot. Like, yeah. Then you like become the dude who sits life... in the van for twelve yeah. hours. Like yeah. any real life sniper who actually yeah. like you look at a documentary about what snipers do. It's like they sit in a fucking tower for like three days, yeah, they... not sleeping, Pains just waiting for. And... Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I saw that in Meet the Sniper. He did. <laughs> If you watch documentaries such as Meet the Sniper, so meet the sniper. But like, yeah. Well, hmm. that's I don't know. I it's I like to talk to Nels about that. It's really like I don't well, know he wrote. Know. I mean, he wrote about it and all those guys. And I don't read. <laughs> Come on, Fuck that shit. Or above forty nine. The other, the other thing that, that he writes that he did talk about, and it, it 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 honestly felt a little bit shakier to me, just because the example that was used was Schindler's List, which is always that sort yeah. of thing quite is questionable. But just the the fact that. The, the story shouldn't dictate what the game is, but you have to admit the fact that adding some narrative conceits, adding aesthetic conceits to your game are going to flavor the human side of the equation that's playing your game. It's going to flavor yeah. the dynamics part of that. And he, the example that he gave, uh, for better or for worse, was if you take Tetris and say that it's Schindler's List, and you, uh, or that it's that it's. Oh, that was, we were talking about this once on the cast, weren't we? About the, well, that, that's the, that's train. I think. Yeah. That's, yeah this I mean, this but was inspired. It's, it's by inspired train. by train. Yeah. The idea was, what if in Tetris, your your job is 
to uh, to load Jews, to, to onto, load the Jews onto the trains as efficiently as possible. So once you fill an entire row, they're loaded onto the train. And the train leaves. And if you back up the stuff too much, the Nazi war effort is is fucked because you're not sending people to their deaths. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, you this know. This is very, this, I mean, this is going to, like, Soren Johnson talked about this last year, but we've talked about this a lot on the cast, yeah, but theme, theme mechanics. Theme versus mechanics. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But, the, I mean, yeah. The, the problem is, in the Tetris example, though, is that if you don't entirely, like, if you don't rethink the entire framework in which, in which it's presented to the player, like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, I mean you... his example is just brought up for the sort of weird, isolated, this isn't real case. Of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of just no, of course. Your, your, yeah. your brain processes the game, the game's goals versus what exactly, you, right. you know, versus what it expects you to do a little bit mm-hmm. differently than if it's abstract or if it's completely positive uh, to the point that you end up with dudes on the internet who are going to start saying that they refuse to play and just stack blocks up vertically or mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, it, it was a, it was a goofy example. I just like that it meant that it. No, it it, it did illustrate his point. Absolutely, yeah. You were going to say something that I interrupted. Oh no, it's okay. You you got you already got to it. Okay. But yeah, um, it was it was cool. I mean, it, a lot of I felt like this actually this Klinhagen talk actually was sort of Klinhagen talk and Dargenberger was <laughs> was kind of almost more like more of sort of a synthesis of a lot of stuff that's been kind of going around both in his head and in sort of that sphere of game discussion as opposed to some of his talks which i feel like totally come out of the blue and are just like these revelatory yep. um you know it was a good way to open gdc though I thought. it was oh yeah that was true that was the first session we saw on yeah. the first that weird it's only the first day of gdc i mean it's only an un- indeterminate day Who knows of GDC, when this is released which could be any of the days or after it maybe this will come out when the video comes out well, that video is coming out yeah? Yeah, probably. If yeah, my computer will ever export it, it'll come out. Point is, ellipsis. Um, did you guys see anything else today? You guys saw... We saw... Clint? We actually... We saw um, Bastion at the at the IGF Oh, booth. God. That's the one I meant to go... It's on by Greg Kusama. I meant to go play that Yeah, today. you played through it. I watched it, but I couldn't hear very much. Oh, but I did hear the rad dynamic narrator. Yeah, that's like, the coolest you know, I was going to ask you about I Chris it's talked really about cool. it. I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah, it's... It's neat. As, as you Jake play... did the shifty eyes. He did the he did the oh, this is going to be cool thing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I didn't get a very detailed detailed view of it, but I mean that game throughout it as just as you play, there's a guy narrating it as yeah. if you're inside of a weird sort of fairy tale audio book yeah. of your game, which I thought was going to be annoying potentially. Yeah, it's but, re- well, it's, it's like it's it's almost like the when we were talking about Prince of Persia, you know, a year or two ago. Oh, the I fell on some spikes. Oh no, the yeah, I fell on some exactly. spikes. Yeah, but... um. But going on through the whole game and not ridiculous. But not like that. It's not but like not the, 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 version. the key thing that they did to make it work, one, was to basically once something really notable happens, you don't keep calling it out every time it happens, right? right so, like, like, the right. first time you get to a particular, like, sort of like you fell off boss, the boss enemy, the guy's like, and then the kid came upon a big blue flame and like you kill the guy but then it doesn't keep doing that every single time you find it and like another the first time flame I, was there yeah exactly he found the third fl- the fourth right. the fifth another <laughs> yeah. another 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 <laughs> and the, the first time i fell off the cliff the guy was like and then the kid fell off the edge nah i'm just joshing you he's all right <laughs> well, there was like a little bit of a delay where like he fell off the edge to his death and yeah. then the guy lands back on the board like, <laughs> yeah and i'm like but that only happens once like i actually deliberately walked off the cliff like six more times over the like you know over several minutes spaced in between just to see if it would come back and it never did which there was also there was also a time when there were a bunch of enemies just like a shitload of guys and you just went ah and ran past all of them the guy's like and then he ran past all those guys yeah, he was like, <laughs> <laughs> the kid just kept on running yeah, like, that's oh, great man, quality. Oh, that's really, i was so that's pleased great. by that yeah, because it was you know it was really nice because when games oh, games often great. games often fuck that up by yeah. by just be, they give you a cool thing to do and then forget that you could possibly do it right but even more specifically, just in terms of pacing, you know, in the previous the previous level, I, I fought these like three really huge boss characters, and it was really draining, and it took forever, right? And I finally beat them, and I'm like, all right, cool, I beat those guys, and then it just drops me into another level full of guys, and I'm like, oh, really? Do I have to fight all these guys? And so I just started running, and like the fact that the game acknowledged and supported that was so incredibly pleasing to me. That's awesome. Yeah, That's um, because. It made me feel like it was legitimate that I was. Or it's like just it's cool that you're running by these guys. Exactly, we know that you're like, going to. We're down to like, that. If you fought them, maybe there was dialogue for that too. Yeah, but... exactly. There probably was. I mean, I talked to Greg afterwards, and he said, "Yeah, basically, what they did 
Like, obviously, they started off by just trying to anticipate as much as possible, but really where they got a lot of that stuff was just by watching people play the game and just on each individual level, seeing what they're most likely to do and making sure to support, you know, as much of the actual likely Man, that's stuff as Legis possible. Larry text parser style. That's the story that I, that's the first time I ever heard about focus testing was I read some Allo interview about Leisure Suit Larry 1 where they would just watch every single person play it and all the stupid shit they would try to get Larry to do. They just logged, they key logged, they key logged every <laughs> single thing that anyone did in that text parser and then was like, all right, well now we're just going to have to write responses for every single one of these. It's funny that Allo was secretly like one of the best adventure game designers at Sierra, at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, you love that Freddy Farkas? I never played Freddy Farkas actually, but like every time I, I see stuff like that, uh, like old interviews with Al Lowe, I'm like, man, that guy was really clever. Like, despite the fact that he worked on the goofiest shit ever, Leisure Suit Larry, like that guy had all kinds of like really solid design principles like that. Yep. Um, a, a cool guy. Anyway. And that, that legacy has continued in, in Bastion. Bastion. <laughs> <laughs> it's also got a really nice art style. It's this sort of 16-bit, yeah. uh, very lush. Like all the characters are... 3D rendered, but they're rendered into 2D sprites, yep. so the it whole looks, world is it on a 2D looks, plane. It's the way I wanted Secret of Mana to look when I bought it. Looked, yeah. It's totally Secret <laughs> yeah. totally of Mana. You and I talked about that. Yeah. That, that one... That image that, they're still God, using. That, just, that, that key game. art, just epic uh, painting from the Secret of Mana. Tiny that, people, that huge, giant trees, lush forest, forest with yeah. the little red bird and the yeah. two tiny guys. When I saw that, I was like, this game is going to be amazing. Oh, no, it's just... Oh, yeah, it just looks like a square game. Oh, really? But Yeah, the Bastion stuff, it's kind of... I mean, the, the color palette and the sort of painterly look remind me a lot of Braid, but it's more like the the colors are sort of more fantastic. The looks more, more like Japanese-inspired though yeah. than yeah. Braid, which is yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm really it all, I'm really excited cool. for that game. And those guys are. I mean, Greg is just the most he's stand-up a good, he's guy. A good, he's really a good dude. Like, oh, yeah. What a great guy! It's uh, he's one of the first interviews ever on Idle Thumbs. <laughs> oh yeah, Steve. Weird. Steve Gaynor interviewed Greg Kasavin for Idle Thumbs like six years ago. That's a weird thing. It was about him being the editor at GameSpot. Though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The one it's, of the, oh. it's weird that, I don't know, this is a really self-conscious, like, stupid thing to bring up, but, like, it's weird to me that probably a lot of the people on the podcast, like, who listen to the podcast are completely unaware of that entire, like, first life that Idle Thumbs had. It's this weird, like, semi-marginal print. Yeah, don't go looking for it, though, because it's all too good to read. <laughs> <laughs> Quality is so high that your mind would be blown. <laughs> Turn you off every other publication. Yeah. We, we're trying to think of a way to bring some of that stuff back, but just as in archive form. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, but yeah, that game looking really good. Super giant game. Really oh, the, the one thing I was going to say about it is you said sixteen bit style, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that's cool about that game when you look at it is it doesn't actually look like there's any tiling sprites like oh, anywhere no, yeah. in that goddamn it's game. It's really smooth. Yeah, it just looks like every. I guess level when I say sixteen bit, I mean more the color palette. Like it's isometric. Like it's got that sort of weird, like almost stuff. like the way you remember great sixteen bit games. Exactly. Like it's it got that sort of looks, yeah. Yeah. weird pastelly, earthy, exactly, cloudy yeah. look to it and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's like we all remember like Yoshi's Island as being the most beautiful, lush, amazing. Yeah, but it actually game. is. Still. No, it's, it that, really, game, that game is still. If you like, go back and play Yoshi's Island, we, there's it looks a Super amazing. NES. We're in the living room right now. We, we can just pop dude, a cartridge in. And... No, that game is solid. I'm not kidding. Like, all right. It's pixelated, obviously, but like right. it's but, gorgeous. Like, I said, if Yoshi's Island were to pop out now and was all, you know, it would it would definitely look. Yeah, it'd be probably, probably, res, yeah, obviously closer to something like Bastion. I, know, I really like when games do that. Stuff. Like that's why like Kirby's Epic Yarn really appealed to me as an idea. I didn't, just... I didn't play Epic Yarn. I missed um, it. I, I, I love Canvas Curse. It. No, but oh. it just appeals to me. This when games sort of like mm, are the game that you you remember in your head. Right. Like I don't know. Like every it seems like it happens every Christmas. Hey. I go home to Wyoming. Well, this, like this I go is... up to my childhood room. I plug in my N sixty four, and I'm like, oh god, Wave Race. I love Wave Race. Oh, Wave Race. <laughs> you know, like this that's is, generally is, what happens. Every this time. is a dumb example. It's probably maybe not entirely what you mean, but like Far Cry two. That's <laughs> remember when you played Far Cry as a kid and <laughs> the first time. Um, but no, actually, a game I, I think really fits that is of all things Starcraft two because people look at Starcraft two and they're like. Looks exactly the same as StarCraft. It doesn't. No, StarCraft two. Look at but StarCraft, StarCraft 2, one. It looks exactly like your mind's exactly. eye. Exactly. It looks like what you imagine the painted concept art for StarCraft one looks like. Yeah. Or what your brain thought it looked like. Yeah. It's memory. Well, that's years like ago. I mean, it's, a, it's another kind of stupid example. But the the that Half Life one Black Mesa Source mod that's never going to come <laughs> right. out. Yeah. When I look at that, I'm like, oh, that looks like Half Life one. And then you look you go at back it, and look at Half Life one. Like, wait, that actually just looks like a square. I get that with Thief. Actually, Clint was showing screenshots. Oh no, wait. It was Kent, maybe, in the Kent Hudson talk we saw today. I don't know. We're showing screenshots of Thief. Yeah, I think it was. And a, and it was the second talk. And uh, and he was showing Thief, and I'm like, 
oh man, what is that? Like Ultima Underworld One? That's like, like, it's like Thief. Thief One. And I'm like, what? That's not what that game looks <laughs> no, like. That, in game, my that, game, like, that game feels amazing. Yeah, oh, but exactly. it looks apparently like a like yeah. crappy pixely Although, wood yeah. cube. It does make me want to go back and play Thief again. And what's cool is since it's a PC game, you can still just crank the resolution way up, even though none of yeah. the textures are. I just wonder. I wonder that. if this is. I mean, there's no way to know. Um, except Jake, you're an old man. You might be able to help us out here. <laughs> but um, like I wonder if it's a byproduct of when I played Half Life. Like when did Half? What year did Half Life come 98. out? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. I was mm, fourteen. Fourteen years old. So like, I wonder if it's just an like if I was twenty four, you know. And I, then I would be And your 30. imagination had shriveled up and died. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if, the, if that, you know, like, there's something about remembering things as an adolescent. Maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't could think be. so. I don't know what, you were like 31 when Half-Life came out? <laughs> I was 17. <laughs> anyway, I just, I, that, that's I curious think, to me. I don't think so. I think just because at the time when Half-Life came out, no one had seen anything that looked anything like it before. So you're just like... This represents the most amazing like facsimile yeah. of anything yeah. like this that I've ever seen, and now you're like, well, I could build that out of a the game that did yeah. that. For like me. there was stuff yeah. like Quake, which was of a similar technical, or like the Quake series, which was of a similar like technical level. But Half Life was this weird, like at least for the time, seemingly naturalistic. It was the first time know, that I'd like, seen like real structures built in the modern era. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Just regular humans walking around saying, "Hey, what's up?" And it was yeah. like, "This is real life." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is no, it's because like I mean, I made a really, I made a jump from like Doom three to Half Life. Like that was Doom three, Doom or Doom two, Doom two, yeah, Doom from Doom three to Half Life and Half Life did no, no. When I went from like I went from like I had Ultimate Doom, yeah, um, that had all the Dooms in there, um, all Dooms, Doom Town. But like I went from Doom two to Half Life, so like the that was a huge right. You didn't you didn't get Duke Nukem three D and Quake one in between. Oh, I did play Duke Nukem three D, but Duke Nukem three D was still also sprites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Duke Nukem three D had a building that collapsed and it had pixel art tits. That's true. Which (laughs) were with tassels on them. Yeah, I remember. The tassels really confused me. (laughs) You thought they were part of the fucking. Well, no, I was just like, what? Because it was just like just two sprite animation. It's like what in the world? Oh, I knew instantly. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I knew instantly. <laughs> them, them's were tassels. Yep. Yeah. This is well, no, because I went straight from Dante's games. Inferno to Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> so I well, thought they Dante's were tongues emitting babies. Commodore 64 <laughs> yeah. adaptation. Um, some guy's retro remake fell through time. Well, no, wasn't there actually like a Commodore 64 or Atari? Like, they didn't screen like video of that surface like a few years. I'm sure ago, that whatever it was, it didn't have tits that had tongues coming out of them that emitted <laughs> babies. Yeah, probably not. It's all, it's purring until the babies show up. That is gross. Much like the poem. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, so, they're doing, I know this year at GDC they're doing that kind of like cool retro post-mortem thing. Were there any today? We haven't, that, any, we haven't gone to any today, but that's the only that. one I'm scheduled to go to is I'm going to go see Will Wright's one on Escape from Bungling Bay or whatever. It is. I'm excited about that. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, there's a there's a bunch. It's a theme this year, but we haven't yeah. seen any of them yet. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. We missed we, we missed Pac Man and Clint Hawking was double booked with Jordan Mechner's Prince of Persia. Oh my god, that was disaster. fucking Sophie's choice this morning. See, like Clint, <laughs> seriously, that's a little dramatic, Chris. No, no, no. Clint Hawking and Jordan Mechner are so Jordan Mechner's dead. by a huge margin two of my absolute favorite people in the entire games industry. Like they're both really oh, nice guys. You. They're both like, incredibly smart. <laughs> what you you don't think they're I mean, I think those guys are fucking brilliant. Just hanging out, being your friend. We're not his favorites. It's okay. No, I I know. You guys are my fucking regular buddies. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead. Are so goddamn smart and like really are very articulate, really clever. They both have. They both think about things. I feel that a lot of other people don't even just bother thinking about. Not. It's not even like they exist on a different plane or anything. It's just that they they bother thinking about problems that I think a lot of people just don't think about. Like, one, you know, in Clint Hawkins' talk today, I think a lot of people who make games, quite honestly, don't even really necessarily bother thinking very much about, like, what does this mean or why does this mean? No, yeah, we were talking about just, just like, people spend huge amounts of, of their time and energy thinking about how do I get this piece of art to render well. Or just exactly, like, yeah. I mean, because American games is hard, which is yeah, become like which a is true. Thing. It is fucking it's true. super fucking true. Yeah. But, but 
also you can you can go through all these incredibly difficult problems and spend a lot of money and time and manpower and man hours making a game and then still never even bother thinking once about like what why yeah I mean, it's cultural though i mean like god like those guys are doing the lord's work absolutely what they bring to the the conversation of making their games, but like that is a cultural problem with the game industry. Well, yeah. it's a cultural like, problem in most popular entertainment. Bullshit. Like if you sit down with any creative executive in the film industry, they're gonna ask you what your movie is about and what you're trying to say, and try to be all artistic and pretentious about it. Where like people <laughs> in the game industry don't even make the effort. I mean, at least this is the way it was a few years ago when it feels like the indie game scene wasn't where it is now. Like I mean, we're just talking like four years ago. The indie game scene was very different. Yeah. Like well, yeah. But, but people were bringing in their concepts to developers, and I'm sure they still do this. I don't know. I haven't worked in a developer in a long time. Um, a publisher? No, but a publisher, excuse me. Yeah, we're bringing their concepts to publishers and be like, oh, here's our art, and like we're, we have this like vertical slice we're kind of working on, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I've been in the room for a lot of those meetings. Yeah, you're talking about like a mid-sized independent studio. Yeah, but it's yeah. never like, like you know, it's, you, can, you can think of all those studios. You know, I don't want to name any because it would seem like I was in the room for those guys. But... Um, at no point in the conversation is so. What is this game about? Right. No, no. What is it really about? Like, what is? What are the themes? Like that. Nobody gives a shit. You know, and it's just a cultural thing of anything else. But it's nice that those guys are. What yeah. those guys need to and do it's... is go become uh, VPs of production right. <laughs> and publishers. Yeah. They need to do the one thing they will never do. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That'd be amazing. What you're saying about the indie thing is, or the indie scene, just in the four years to now, is a h- weird, huge thing at GDC. Yeah, yeah. Just the the because the feeling of like, money. yeah, and that is that's thing, the whole thing that happened. That is a thing that was talked about when we were on the bombcast. That uh-huh. that is is so pronounced at GDC. Is just even, just the the level of variety and the level of quality and the level of just weird polish and the sort of next 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 tier of weird ideas. With it, even just within the IGF, is is just it's, yeah. it's exponentially different and better than it was well, when it was first starting yeah. out. You know what's really cool is that so I feel like the IGF started so it started in like the very very late nineties, basically like ninety nine two thousand ish, and at the time it was very like it was basically smaller, more sort of ambitious or like you know creatively ambitious versions of what bigger games were. So you'd get a lot of you know just like more like weird interesting strategy game concepts or like weird interesting action game concepts but they were very much basically like what bigger developers would be doing right but just, i'm they... using torque and in, in my house to make right. a, a small weird yeah. right and there's a lot of really cool stuff but and then i feel like igf sort of started going to this direction of you know eventually maybe in like the a few years ago like mid 2000s maybe a little later it was a little more just like crazy you know people were do everything was like some crazy 2d highly abstract sort of uh, stylized thing, you know, or it was just all about visual weird extravagance and stuff. And I feel like now we've reached this really, really cool point where there's this whole category for indie games called the Nuovo Award, which is basically four games that are just weird as shit, like Nidhogg and, and, but- and like Button, which we haven't even talked about yet. And then you also have the stuff like Minecraft and Amnesia The Dark Descent, which like Amnesia is what a like ni- ni- circa 1999 IGF game would have been, right? It's like a but it's also of a, a higher standard in my no, opinion. No, yeah, I know yeah, this, but I'm, I'm just talking. No, yeah. no, I'm just talking about broad categories here. Yeah, yeah, and like all in the same IGF, you have every you have like Nidhogg, which started out as a goddamn commissioned art installation, right? All the way up, then then Minecraft, just some crazy sandbox thing, and then Amnesia, which is basically like. A, it's like a double A survival d- yeah, horror. Yeah, like yeah. near triple A, like survival horror, uh, crazy atmospheric thing that's all about audiovisual presentation. Um, and like all in the same competition competing against each other. And also that's there's amazing. things like, like uh, Retro City Rampage was there or like last exactly. year with, with uh, Monaco or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and a lot of these games, like Minecraft is in the IGF. Minecraft already sold a million units before it got to the IGF and has spawned an entire development studio that has already announced a second game. Like, yeah, excellent way to go. It's amazing. It's completely amazing. I always forget that the IGF is a competition, which is nice. I'm glad that I forget that because it's not like yeah, because it doesn't feel. Well, I mean, like no. I think the dudes in it are like if it, it seems like their hopes and dreams aren't made or broken based on whether or not they. On their, yeah. No, although it helps a lot. I'm they get a lot of money. Yeah, but I mean <laughs> that that's definitely true. But what, but one of the really cool things about the IGF is whether you win or not. If your game's actually good, 
just even entering the IGF so guarantees a lot of people are going to play it because panel. all the judges are journalists or well no there's a lot of developers in the <clears> game. <throat> yeah but it's but like a, a mix of people who you'd want to see your game exactly yeah. right the people who can give you publicity and the people who can talk about it to other developers just by virtue of voting on your, on your game it means they they have to play it and so for a lot of like for example I played Monaco uh, for the first time at la during, when I was a judge during last year's IGF during the judging phase um, and that's I mean stuff and Nidhogg too is similar like. Nidhogg is one of those games where over the last several months there's been this just like slow growing awareness of it of more as more and more people have played it through random just weird means like being an IGF judge and that stuff's really important just for getting awareness of your game out there and the, and it's entirely democratic in the sense that if your game is in the IGF there are guaranteed to be a certain number of people assigned to play it and if those people think it's cool they will recommend to the other right, judges then... they play it too. And and then obviously if you end up in the IGF, whether or not you exactly. win, your your games on the show floor with right. dozens and hundreds yeah. of thousands of people or whatever, and then not like, sorry, hundreds and not hundreds and thousands, like yeah. forty five thousand people. Yeah, yeah. And that's then, good. And then there's organic stuff that that emerges out of it. Like right now, I think this week, all IGF nominees on Steam are on sale. So guaranteed, you're part of this big promotion there. I think Steam did that last year as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, no, it's nice. There's like rad. a culture behind it. It's really yeah. nice. The yeah. same way that I mean, I made a Sundance reference earlier, but it's very similar to that. You know, I mean, yeah. Sundance has kind of lost its cultural cachet, I think, and people are less like, oh, what was a big movie at Sundance? It feels like that's kind of that's not as big a marketing thing, but like it feels like IGF is in its its heyday at this moment. Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. It's a good time. I'm very exciting. And Jake, I mean, Jake, you were just Sorry. saying, yeah, just real quick, just to wrap up the IGF. Right. I mean, we were walking away from the IGF today, Jake, and you were just remarking, like, just overall, the 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 level of quality and sort of polish and just impressiveness of all that stuff is just off the goddamn charts at this point. I mean, it's it sounds dumb to say it because it sounds like I would be saying it at the exclusion of other things, but IGF is, to me, one of the best things about GDC and also, yeah. I think, one of the coolest things about the games industry at Absolutely, this point. Yeah. Not to say that, like rad real like real games quote quote or whatever no, no, like of course not commercial like, retail stuff yeah. uh, but you know that stuff's gonna be around yeah but like oh man igf is always makes me really it's amazing happy. yeah take a break maybe yeah, yeah take, a break. take a break cool break video games <laughs> all right we're back thanks for listening uh video games, uh, video games. oh cool video games oh cool oh, cool Video games. <laughs> Guys, they got them on phones now. <laughs> A telephone video game. Have you heard about those cell phone games? <laughs> you guys see any good buds today? Um, GDC? I saw one really quality tush in GDC, yeah. yeah. How was it? What was it all about? Uh, it was just there. Yeah, just hanging out. Just there. South Hall. Oh, I'll have to check it out tomorrow. I might not be there. Yeah. It was on the move. <laughs> <laughs> it was on move? It was on the move. Oh, uh, on PlayStation oh, Move. Yeah, no, no, no. It was the same. Uh, butts for PlayStation Move. Ah, <laughs> uh, butts. Uh, Hold on to them. PlayStation Move. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to yours, anyway. Well, that's the. I mean, Telltale's doing the Jurassic Park game, but the. the that's actually um, the title of the third episode. Well, no, that's. Butts, the, it's colon, the, hold on to them. The, 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 play, <laughs> the PlayStation Move variant, like the casual audience variant, is Jurassic Park, hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs> or I guess that would be for Connect. I don't know. It's chips with, with a butt. Um, well, that is like, that is like how. The with you the know, butt. <laughs> Far Cry's like version for Nintendo platforms is always like Wait, a weird, Far Cry. Oh, Far Cry one, like turret, you know, right? Oh, you get the weird plastic Fisher Price yeah. murder weapon. I hate that Jurassic crap. Park. Hold on, can we just stop with that? This is dumb, uh, and it's probably been asked on a thousand other places. But Nintendo at the at the Nintendo keynote announced that Netflix would be available as a streaming service on the Nintendo 3DS. Cool. My hope. Which I know is not going to be the case, but it would actually make me look at it is if they streamed the movies in 3D. I think that would be completely hilarious. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, if this image on the box is just of a happy mom looking at Avatar on her 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> like following official Nintendo marketing guidelines. Yeah, of like, where it's like uh, the lifestyle footage of that, but then just like a crazy blue alien uh, coming, coming out, out of the TV. Yeah, comes yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, TV yeah. along with some, some goldfish <laughs> and some vines and stuff. Like a motorcycle guy, like motocross guy comes leaping out. Like that's... 
Video game ads have been that forever, but now they'll actually. The video real, game ads are that actually, actually a thing coming out. I never even screen. thought about that. 3DS ads are just going to be the most bargain-inducing <laughs> things ever because that era is going to completely come it's back. It's going to come just back like, full, full. The boxing game, or just like the fist of uh, the sweaty. The fist. graphics card of the guy leaning and like dodging the tomahawk flying right. against his head with the arrows in the wall. Yeah, graphics him. card ads are still that, by the oh, way. I know. I, it's like that's not something that was from my childhood. That was something that was from, from like, yesterday. Yeah, me taking a dump in the free magazines at GDC or something. You and I used to talk about that. A lot about just yeah the, the, the Chrome monster but, on, <laughs> on the video card box. No graphic card box does not include like a Chrome and gold demon. Yes. Even, <laughs> even like the most stately upper echelon ones, they always like on the side. <laughs> the flap, back, there's just oh, like, one like one little like chrome. one by one inch <laughs> Chrome demon. Just like I'm still here. <laughs> I approve this video. <laughs> it could render me. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking funny. Or um, you know, sometimes though they'll have the. The chrome demon, but then he like half of his face morphs into a wireframe. Yeah, of course. No, he has like, to go to wire because it's a video just, game. You have to I'm know drawn from polygons, but I look like this with advanced with this shader technology, <laughs> right? With this shader 3.0 compliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we've licensed the chrome demon from the NVIDIA GeForce 4 card. For this Nintendo most, 3DS. This is the most popular of all the chrome demons we've determined from market research was the one from the original GeForce 4 box, first party. <laughs> the diamond GeForce. Uh, Diamond's not around anymore, are they? Did I they get they bought were, I think they were bought by Creative. They were my first, Diamond was my first graphics card. I remember that Aww. perfectly. Oh, man. Adorable. Diamond Rio was my first. Did it have a cool chrome demon on the box? A definite chrome demon. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. And, you know, Demon is kind of shorthand for, like, maybe it's a dragon. Well, that yeah, was, yeah, maybe no, it's, no, like, no, some yeah, kind yeah. of monster. That was how I rated the graphics card, though, of, like, oh, this this Chrome Demon, you know, that specularity. I can actually see <laughs> the Roman Coliseum uh, reflected like, in his right. chest. <laughs> right. Whereas with this yeah. guy, it's just kind of a shine. Yeah. But so, I think it's important to point out that Demon doesn't necessarily mean It doesn't mean, like, a demon. spawn of hell. No, right it just now. needs to have... Some sort of shiny skin covering, yeah. horns, maybe producing horns, some horns and a fire or a smoke, or, or if it's a girl, bug wings. Wings That's are true. Funny, but the yeah. only things that it must right. be translucent. Dragonfly wings. Dra- yeah, more that's what specifically. I mean. yeah, dragonfly yeah. wings. Yeah. It's all the interesting... holding a little luminescent blue lamp. But if lamp. you think about it, if you really think about it, it is like a really. It's a perfect thing. Like it's not an is arbitrary it? decision. It's a creature that exhibits every sort of difficult thing. What it would be to render. Oh yeah, smoke. That's true. Yeah, smoke. Fire. Lots of lots of like craggy surfaces on the yeah, skin. Normal you know, maps, bumps, or bumps or normal maps. <laughs> or normal normal maps. Rendering Rendering Chrome. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, the, the GDC show floor can, still to this day. Or the alternate approach, Granny 3D. <laughs> <laughs> what? You've never seen the, the Oh, it's a rad game tool. She's the cool granny. 3D oh, I Which that. one is yeah, granny? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. which one granny is. I don't remember what granny video is. Codec or is I, I, it? No, video codec is Bink. Oh, yeah. But granny Bink. 3D. No, but granny 3D is it. They have two. They, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just know that there's a cool granny. Yeah, by Rad Game Tools. Yeah. Oh, they Rad? Have, they advertise on the back of every single month in Game Builder Magazine. Is, have you been to Rad's website? Anytime? Not for years and years. Go to Rad's website because you're like, because you know they do really well. Like, oh, yeah. Well, Bink is in like. Every game, yeah. I mean, as yeah. it sh- Bink's great. Yeah, it's really Whatever. good. You know, like you can. I mean, we totally talk a lot about press the fuck out of that video. Uncharted Two is in the way that they use the full motion video. Anyway, but like their website is not indicative of their success. Well, I think their, <laughs> their logo is quite likely still an animated GIF of the little of the little Bink rad. tornado. <laughs> yeah, or no, that. the rad with the diamond and the block. Oh right, where it's just Viacom. It's so funny. I like that. Why are we talking about Chrome Demons? Because we're talking about, we're talking about a guy coming out of 3DS. Oh, yeah. Because, because now all 3DS are going to have 3D... her with a, with a hand coming out of the middle of the screen. Probably you. Oh, man. You want like, the, <laughs> the, 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 ring on the, the Resident Evil ad where the person is playing with 3DS, but they're being choked by yeah, a zombie right, hand yeah. with bug eyes. <laughs> but I like that what you want out of this isn't the games. It's just Netflix streaming movies yeah. in 3D. I want uh, just so I think they could advertise those with the... I think that would be hilarious. Where yeah. like your no, kid is be, watching up I mean, without glasses. I have to say, that would actually be an amazing announcement. Yeah. Like if they were... I mean. If Netflix was actually going to stream 3D movies well, to your it, non-glasses 3D it, device, it wouldn't be that surprising though, because I imagine that with people pushing 3D TVs really hard in like in home entertainment Netflix stores, is start doing that anyway. Netflix 
if they but were... surely there's an entire separate format that needs to be rendered for the 3ds yeah, i don't ones. know it's not like i don't even know how the 3d how 3d works and i the think 3DS. that it's still i mean on on 3d is it TVs, the same I think it's, of a 3D it still is just that it's playing every it's playing but you don't glasses for the every other frame is playing at a different polarity for your uh, 3d glasses you just like a film a 3DS? yeah but how does that None. Does anybody actually play one? What the hell? I don't. I don't know, but I mean, I was just gonna say, from a tech standpoint, I imagine the 3DS works a similar way, where it's it's because they say that uh, you can get 3DS games frequently will work at 60 FPS in 2D or 30 FPS in 3D. Oh, so they're right. still flipping back because it's yeah. literally flipping back and forth. So I imagine that you'd stream a 60 FPS movie and tell it to alternate frames the same way that it's yeah. doing to achieve its other effect. But the 3DS screen pulls a little trick, trickaroo on your eyes. It makes you, you don't yeah, have to Yeah, I think that every other frame sort of has a slight... It assumes a certain a, viewing angle for each eye, so you can't... You, this is going to not work out, right? No, it, it's, it makes sense. It's, I mean, it makes sense for a portable system because your viewing angle is not really going to change. Right, you're just holding it like unlike this. Unlike a TV but where you could be leaning around on a couch and stuff. This does not feel appealing to me. I get a headache looking at my, my iPhone, and it's just because it's too bright. Well, and turn it down. I have. And then bask in you know, the like, glow of Pandora in I'm not, 3D. I don't mean to say that, you know, I mean, that's just... And then be de- depressed and suicidal because you can't revisit yeah, but Pandora. Yeah, think about this, though. <laughs> you would end up starting to have people who just don't leave their bed because they can experience... Pandora. They can live like, in yeah. Pandora in 3D they wake just up, right into their eyes. Their alarm application like, on their yeah. 3DS, it goes off, they wake up in the morning, they just, just flip, multitask, flip do, 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 over do, do. The... Your Pandora is ready. Oh, they just nestle back under the covers. Yep. Yeah, that sounds great. Man, that's going to be rad. That's, mm. I've still never seen Avatar, but I'm still going to go live my life in 3, oh, 3DS it. Pandora. <laughs> you'll love it. Yeah. That's for Chris. Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, man. You'll, it's to hell with Sweet Smell Success. Throw it away. It's a good movie. Out now on Criterion. <laughs> Collection. Oh, I thought you meant Avatar. No. no. Sweet, Sweet Smell, smell success. success. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Um, Yeah, I don't... I don't When's the 3DS coming out? I don't know. This year. I won't, it'll be one of those things I'll accidentally see. Maybe, a, maybe somebody at the office will get one. I'll look at it for a minute. There's this conference they got going right now. Are they showing it? I don't know. Can you go play one? No, maybe. Um, <laughs> we don't know these things. We're here to tell you about the weird, wanky, like, Clint Hawking design. <laughs> they were like, 3DS? Like, I've never seen it. Major new Nintendo platform coming out this year. It's just so funny how, like, the more we... I mean, now that you have moved on from covering games to making games, like we're just we should we should mention Button. There's a game well, we've called mentioned Button. it three times now. No, we haven't. We've mentioned it, but we haven't explained what it is. I know, but that's, we've just that's, said that's Button, which to, no one's going to interpret that's adding as to the, the mystery of Button. Yeah, there's a game called Button. It's we based on the film brutally... Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> In turn, based on the F. Scott Fitzgerald short story. Man, speaking of which, did you guys play the? Uh... The, the um, Great Gatsby NES game? Yes. Yeah. I, no, it's fucking quality. Yeah. Did you beat it? I didn't play it because I, it's been so long since I've read The Great Gatsby that I couldn't remember how the book. It's all right. Just, just do... The Great Gatsby, it's on my book. It's on my it's nice a good book. right now. Yeah. So it's next in line. Or, yeah. There's been a hilarious, like, thumbs Twitter feed, like, re, revitalization of interest in The Great Gatsby, which seems to have predated the NES game. And then, like, in the midst of this weird Great Gatsby revival in our, like, mindshare... Suddenly, there was this announcement: false retro Great Gatsby NES game on the internet. Yeah, but that also, sh- that showed the up Great in the Gatsby Buzz film. Lerman, Great Gatsby film oh yeah, in Australia, and the Great Gatsby film, of course, filmed yeah. in Australia with Kangaroo so, Jack. <laughs> yes. Stole the green light. He's not giving it back. That's the important part. <laughs> yeah, play that Great Gatsby NES game if you haven't yet. With Kangaroo Jack in it. No, that's not. No, that's, that's the movie. Kangaroo Jack. Uh, that'll be the. Game? Eventually, there will be a game based on Kangaroo Jack. There's going to be Great Gatsby stole the money. Retro eight Kangaroo Jack Great Gatsby game. Yeah. yeah. Once that crossover. once the Kangaroo Jack Great Gatsby film crossover reaches cultural, like, you know, sort of well, that comes out guys, then someone's going to make the NESD make of that. And be like, oh man. <laughs> Remember this? Remember when 80s THQ made this for the NES? <laughs> it's like when they put out that oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, that that game based on Kangaroo Jack no, Great Gatsby edition. A while back you were talking about them putting out a retro 8-bit game as if it was the prequel to a 360 game that was Oh, out. that's happened a couple times recently, actually. It's um, like that. There's like Dark, Dark, Dark Void is maybe what you're thinking of. Perhaps. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Button. It's a game. Button. Oh, Button. Button. So, Brutal, brutally unfair tactics totally okay now, I think. Yeah, Button was a game they had at the IGF that was basically right next to Nidhogg. Uh, <laughs> we live in a world where we play games like Button and Nidhogg. That's B-U-T-T-O-N. It's an acronym. Also. I know. 
But I like that. Those are two great names. Yeah. They're ridiculous. They sound like make-believe things. Also, Nidhogg, just so you know, is spelled N-I-D-H-O-G-G. And I'm pretty sure this guy makes up the names for his games just like by making up a word. Unless you guys know what Nidhogg means. I this think the strange title but of I think it's like Well, it's like Narba- Narbacular Drop, the portal precursor. Uh-huh. They, they, say, they said they made that up because they knew that if anyone ever searched Google for that, they would only ever find that game. It's so that they could never accidentally not find that game if that's what you're searching for on Google. Which is kind of smart, I guess. And Nidhogg is probably the yeah, only thing that will ever games. pop up with Nidhogg. Yeah, Button is a, is a party game that very much assumes that you and your friends are all in the exact same space and are all going to agree to play by this game's rules because it just keeps... It's, it's a sort of big screen type game, except that it's for the PC, which is kind of weird. But it it'll... It, you, the four people are assigned either a key or an Xbox button or, in our case, a quadrant of a soft DDR dance mat. Uh, and then on the screen it says, take six steps back. So every all four people who are playing take six, six steps back away from their computer. This is like a random away from their controller. Yeah. Or, away or from their control, away from their button or away from the screen? From you the can button. carry the controller with no, you. No, no. You leave the controller there because oh, you eventually okay. have to race back to it and then defend your button. So it'll say, take three, four, five, six steps back, whatever it is. Then it'll say something completely insane and awkward. Like, I mean, apparently it sometimes will tell everyone to take off their shirt. Or like when we were playing, it said, hold hands with the sexiest other person you're playing with. Or go into the fetal position and stay there. Or for one person we saw watching it, it said, everyone close their eyes and stand on one foot. Uh, which means you can't actually see the next prompt unless you yeah. cheat, at which point it says, don't cheat when you look at the screen. Uh, but then it'll, you know, it'll say, do that. And then while you're doing that, it'll say, three, two, one. Now, while still doing this, press your button five times or anyone who presses their button 11 times loses or whatever it'll just give you a completely very specific instruction so everyone then while holding hands or while rolling on the floor of the gdc expo hall uh, as in a fetal position sort of wobble your way back to the button and then press your button that number of times like one to the zero nine to eleven or press someone else's button and ruin their game uh so it ends up with when we were playing it on it with a ddr dance mat on the ground in the fetal position it basically meant Four adults with GDC passes. Males. All dudes were basically just rolling around on a goddamn DDR soft mat, pushing each other away from their buttons so that you would defend your exact 11 presses so you could win the round. It feels like the DDR soft mat is the perfect controller for this thing. It was good. I mean, they also did, they had built their own sort of hacked 360 controller that just had four huge buttons up on display as well that we so that you could all race back in a standing position and just slam a buzzer. Sort of, I imagine... This game would work really well with the Scenic controller if they support it, yeah. but they yeah, probably, yeah. I don't know if they do. No, they support anything. I mean, it's just if you That's can plug it into if your you can, computer. If your PC has four USB ports for yeah. four Scenic controllers. I think the Scenic controller... Is it just one sort of just octopus? Th- a quadruplus? No, 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 no. They're individual, hmm. from what I understand. You, but they're you, wireless, I think. They're, oh. indi- they're individual, but they're... they're I, don't, I actually don't think your computer or your 360 like recognizes it as different than a 360 controller. It does, because you don't know Jack... If you play it on a jack with the scenic controllers, oh, it, it rearranges the UI and talks about pressing the big button for the jack attack and stuff. So it does actually report itself differently. Oh, cool. Take that. God, you know jack is a good game. It is good. It is a good job with it. God bless those games. Yeah. Since we, have, some, we, have some, we have some issues with it, though. <laughs> well, the scoring. I, mainly the scoring. But yeah, the, the jack and scoring is weird. And I, wish, I wish it was more than 10 questions on an episode. I wish, I wish it was that it was like the old ones where you could choose 13 or 21. That yeah. was nice. But I mean... But it's, but it's good. They did a good job. And I mean, it's, it's kind of you should similar. get. You don't know Jack. Hey, it's nice that since we left Idle Thumbs and came back, they relaunched. You don't know Jack. It was nice of them. Yeah, it was Those good. Guys. They did it to bring us back. That's true. We took the cast and we weren't giving it back. That's true. You like that, Chris? I did. I did like it. I did. Uh, um, anyway, button was weird. Is there anyone else? I was just like going to pose this out to the fucking internet at hey, large here. Remember that movie Kangaroo Jack that was fucking <laughs> produced by Jerry Bruckheimer? <laughs> And it, came, it was about a goddamn kangaroo, I guess, in Australia, or I've maybe heard, he was from Australia. I've heard wasn't. that he took the money. Yeah, the the tagline for this movie on the poster was "He stole the money." Dot dot dot, and he's not giving it back. What kind of stupid tagline is that? Of course, if you steal something, you're not giving it back. It's implied. That's what it means. That yeah, not, it's yeah, fucking you're implied. Not, otherwise, it's assumed you'd be borrowing. You're not. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he. Oh, he took the money for a bit, and then he gave it back. Nope, that's not a movie. That's not conflict. That's no. not interesting. He stole the money, and of course he's not giving it back. You don't need to say that. And I don't... No one else that I ever mentioned this to seemed to understand why I thought it was so goddamn funny. And so I just want to put this out there. No, it's fine. And we don't even really take mail anymore, I guess. I mean, I guess you can send questions. questions at all at all at all at net. Net. Did you notice that? 
Well, that was that. This is my question. Where I never actually address readers <laughs> like this. So yeah, this is really rare. It feels really just, weird because I keep feeling you, like I'm asking you guys this. <laughs> I like that. It's just. Did you notice that the tagline to Kangaroo Jack was weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I like it really. I, did that stick with anyone else for 15 years? Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if it weren't for that tagline, that would have been just this, like, one more of those completely unidentifiable movies I'm never going to see and that I'm never going to think about again. But that what that tagline is stuck in my brain for years and years. I think, Jake, you were actually with me when I was. So this is really this, this is brilliant marketing on their point. They just yeah, trolled I, the shit out of you. I've still never seen this movie, though, except I guess I have talked about it a lot. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> something tells me that out of your constant communication about kangaroo jack one at least, <laughs> at least one person has seen the my movie. constant communication about kangaroo jack your bi-monthly kangaroo jack, jack slogan deployment <laughs> he stole the money and he's not giving it back hmm. maybe it's I, just, I just walk down the street muttering that <laughs> and people look it up and go watch kangaroo jack on their 3ds 3d device <laughs> on netflix we've post converted kangaroo jack into 3d because Kangaroo Jack's just trending like mad. <laughs> Jake's looking at the recorder that we're using to record this. Well, okay. yeah, yeah, it's fine. I think, I think maybe we wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys, and we miss you. And, um, it's been nice. I make no guarantees that we'll do more of these during GDC or PAX East. Or that you'll even hear this one. Or you'll hear this one. Just to say, we'll hear this. but yeah. you might hear this and more or less. At idlethumbs.net. We might we might recall this podcast. You might hear less. Um, we might release it in reverse, 50% through the right channel, 50% through the left <laughs> channel, on two subsequent days, nested inside of the bombcast. Encoded within a huge PNG file. Yes. Uh, that's a good idea. That's game, not good games. Um, excuse me. Butts. People love that he stole the money and... <laughs> and, get this, he's also not giving it back.